The problem with talking about Dr. King is that regardless of what you want to convey, you won't be as eloquent as the man himself. No chance. So while I'm not interested in trying to find the perfect words, I did think to myself, it's MLK Jr. Day, and I have a podcast. So I'm going to share some thoughts on the king, who literally gave his life for this dismantled world we talk so much about. I wear the legacies of past heroes like a garment. It's a special garment gifted to me and so many others, and, and there for me to do something with. It's always too big. I definitely don't deserve it and I'm often unsure how to properly wear it. All I know is that it's for me, it keeps me warm, and I wouldn't dare take it off. It's like this for many. For so many, Dr. King is the quintessential hero, and if his life's work somehow didn't make that clear enough, his assassination definitely did. But the truth is, I often have a bit of a problem how much modern day apparently loves this man. I mean, I understand that his message is pretty palatable in retrospect, save for the rare extremists, but it was the same message that had him hated, the same message that had him bugged by the FBI, the same message that accused him of being anti-American and a socialist and a communist. Side note, we need to have a family conversation about how capitalism is not a Christian system and that no such system exists, but I digress. The same message that resulted in two-thirds of Americans having an unfavorable opinion of him based on a 1966 Gallup poll just two years before his assassination, and the same message that cost him his life at the age of 39. 39. 39 years old. That means that King was just under a decade older than me when he was murdered on that Tennessee balcony by white supremacy. All of that being said, maybe, maybe that's not the point. I mean, we established back in season one that prophetic voices are usually not very popular. Maybe the point, or a point, is that King was so committed to the holy cause of justice here on earth that he gave his life for his supporters and his detractors. He died for a world he never got to see, merely dreamt of. Maybe today, we could do more than simply quote him on social media and maybe examine an entire writing instead. Maybe we could ask ourselves whether our political, social, and theological positions are going to age as well as those who were against the civil rights of image bearers. And maybe, just maybe, we re-examine how much of our lives we allow the, the gospel message to touch. One final thought. This is Dr. King's birthday, not the day of his assassination, which is April 4th, 1968, at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. So since it's a birthday, feel free on some level to celebrate a life just as we lament one of the greatest tragedies in American history. I'm thankful God used a mere man, complete with flaws and brokenness, to convey a message the world constantly refuses to hear. I'm going to leave you with the words of a 27-year-old king, who in 1956 gave one of my favorite sermons, a sermon by the name of Paul's Letter to American Christians. Here is an excerpt from that sermon in which a young Dr. King imagines a world where the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to Christians in the U.S. Thanks, Dr. King. For many years, I have longed to be able to come see you. I have heard so much of you and what you are doing. I have heard of the fascinating and astounding advances that you have made in the scientific realm. I have heard of your dashing subways and flashing airplanes. Through your scientific genius, you have been able to dwarf distance and place time 
and chains. You have been able to carve highways through the stratosphere. So in your world, you have made it possible to eat breakfast in New York City and dinner in Paris, France. I have also heard of your skyscraping buildings with their prodigious towers steeping heavenward. I have heard of your great medical advances, which have resulted in the curing of many dread plagues and diseases, and thereby prolonged your lives and made for greater security and physical well-being. All of that is marvelous. You can do so many things in your day that I could not do in the Greco-Roman world of my day. In your age, you can travel distances in one day that took me three months to travel. That is wonderful. You have made tremendous strides in the area of scientific and technological development. But America, as I look at you from afar, I wonder whether your moral and spiritual progress have been commensurate with your scientific progress. It seems to me that your moral progress lags behind your scientific progress. Your poet Thoreau used to talk about improved means to an unimproved end. How often is this true? You have allowed the material means by which you live to outdistance the spiritual ends for which you live. You have allowed your mentality to outrun your morality. You have allowed your civilization to outdistance your culture. Through your scientific genius, you have made the world a neighborhood, but through your moral and spiritual genius, you have failed to make it a brotherhood. So America, I would urge you to keep your moral advances abreast with your scientific advances. I am impelled to write you concerning the responsibilities laid upon you to live as Christians in the midst of an unchristian world. That is what I had to do. That is what every Christian has to do.